Welcome to the Faith in Maine podcast. I'm Katie Clark, your host. We are sharing stories of life and faith and ministry across our 58 churches, 18 summer chapels, Camp Bishopswood, three Jubilee centers, and ministries that make up the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. In this episode of the Faith in Maine podcast, we focus on the fifth practice of the way of love, which is to bless defined as sharing faith and unselfishly giving and serving. In this podcast, we talk about how we in the church define the word bless and blessing in a time in popular culture when hashtag blessed often means something very different and self-serving. We discuss how bless is an action word and what it means to bless others and to be blessed ourselves. Thank you for walking the way of love with us here on the Faith in Maine podcast. We hope you enjoy this interview with Bishop Brown. Thank you for joining us on the Faith in Maine podcast. Today, we are focusing on the fifth practice in the way of love, which is to bless, to share faith and unselfishly give and serve. We again welcome Thomas Brown, Bishop of Maine, for our discussion today. So Bishop, first, in our current culture, we see the hashtag blessed and hashtag blessed all over the place, but that's often a celebration of material prosperity or centered on the me and ooh, look at what I have. But here, when we talk about the way of love, what we're talking about is different. So to set the stage, what the Episcopal Church shares with us is this. Jesus called his disciples to give, forgive, teach, and heal in his name. We are empowered by the Spirit to bless everyone we meet, practicing generosity and compassion, and proclaiming the good news of God in Christ with hopeful words and selfless actions. We can share our stories of blessing and invite others in the way of love. So thinking about that juxtaposition of the current culture, hashtag bless and blessed, And then what we just heard about what God might be calling us to do, what does the word or the practice of bless mean to you? Katie, I think that what you've just pointed to, this this difference between what we might hear or feel or see in the uh, wider culture about the word bless, which sometimes uh, to me can ring like um, a kind of, falsely humble way to brag. Um, you know, so I am blessed because I was able to go on this great vacation. And I totally get that that's part of our nomenclature and vocabulary in the wider culture. But I think this question that you're asking is really important for us um, as we practice the way of love to think about Um, bless as a way in which we feel God's presence, a way in which we experience God's affirmation and delight in us. And then I think just as important, maybe even more, is to understand that the word bless is also something that we do. It's an action term. I think about the 12th chapter of Genesis, in which God says to Abraham uh, that Abraham should leave his country and uh, go to the land that God will show Abraham. 
and uh, God is going to, God says, I will bless you. And then God says, so that you will be a blessing. Um, so I think that the more that, that those of us who practice this way of love and understand ourselves as disciples of Jesus can think about two things, that to bless is to feel God's presence, to experience God's affirmation and delight, and to think about the word bless as a real action in which we ourselves are a blessing to others. So God gives us gifts so that we can share them. What do you feel are your spiritual gifts and what are ways in which you share them with your community of faith and your community at large? Just about a week ago, I was responding to a person's question. I was visiting a church and I was in Thomaston actually. And I met a woman who is a summer resident and a very active parishioner at St. John Baptist in Thomaston. And she's also active at a parish in South Carolina. And she asked me how it goes with me. She wanted to know whether I liked being uh, in Maine and what I liked about being the bishop. And then she wanted to know what it is that has been challenging. And it was a great question. And it's she asked it in such a way that I sort of haven't heard it quite in the way that she phrased it. And I, I paused for a minute and I realized that a, a fear that I had in saying yes to this call to be your bishop was that I know that throughout my life, I feel that God has blessed me with this tremendous gift of joy. And I've been sort of aware of that uh, throughout different times in my life. But when it came time to say yes to this election in 2019, one of the worries in the back of my head was, I don't see a lot of bishops who are full of joy. And I worried that if I said yes to this call, what if I would lose some of my joy? That would be a real sadness for me. And what I was able to say to this wonderful parishioner in Thomaston was, not only do I feel joy, I feel more joy than I have at any point in my life, which is not to say that there aren't challenges, but it put me in mind of a real truth, which is that when we talk about bless, I know God's affirmation and delight and presence through the emotion and through the spiritual gift of joy. And what that means in daily life is that it's not so much about being happy as it is trusting that the joy of the presence of God dwells in me and dwells in every other person I meet. So I, th I think the other thing that I would say is that Faith is always, I think, caught and not taught. And for whatever reason, even though I can't, for the life of me, catch a baseball, by God's grace, I have caught faith. And uh, that's a tremendous gift. So I would say joy and the presence of a lively faith that seems to get deeper and grow stronger as I get older. If you could talk about a time or name a time and tell a story about a time in which you feel that you were blessed. What happened and, and how did that feel? Well, to answer that question, I need to tell you a story about a woman named Hazel. Hazel Looker 
was a parishioner of mine when I served at church in Brattleboro, Vermont, and she was in her 90s. She had been the former senior warden of another parish in Vermont, and in her senior citizen uh, life, she moved to Brattleboro to be closer to one of her daughters. And she was one of those uh, types that we all know in most of our churches who was just who was just a saint of God. She was always willing to do anything. She was a person of prayer. She was a person who didn't take herself seriously. She laughed easily. And a moment that I sort of remember about Hazel, she's now been dead for several years, was calling on her. She lived in an assisted living facility. And I would go to see her whenever I was feeling the slightest bit frustrated or down or not sure about what to do. If I went to visit Hazel, I would leave with a dance in my step and a lightness in my heart that was immeasurable. And so I would often say to other people who knew Hazel, if you want to feel blessed, go see Hazel Looker. And um, I think there was something about Hazel's capacity to laugh at things that might have seemed trouble or might have seemed difficult in the moment. Because she was in, in her 90s, everything was relative. And she simply had a view that assured people that everything was mostly the small stuff and there was no point in fretting the small stuff. And she would have this capacity to make me laugh and to make me laugh at myself and to get out of my own way. And I think of Hazel whenever I think about being blessed. Um, she never lifted up her arm and made the sign of the cross on over me or put her hands on me and blessed me in those ways that we sometimes think as formal ways of being blessed. But she absolutely blessed me every time I saw her, met with her or talked with her. And then it, it occurs to me that another time when I felt really blessed and the power of the spirit of God blessing me was actually at my marriage. Uh, Tom and I were living in Vermont in 2003. And at that point, marriage was not accessible to gay and, and lesbian couples. But in the state of Vermont, civil unions were. And so we planned a civil union and a worship service um, in which that civil union was blessed. And I will always remember the strong sense of God's presence in that worship service and the degree to which uh, this tiny little country church in the middle of the uh, Green Mountains was filled with people who just totally were there to bless us. So that's one person and one moment in which I felt this tremendous sense of blessing. I feel like we all need a hazel in our lives. Absolutely. We all need a hazel in our lives. You just named several ways in which you felt that you were blessed. What are ways that you feel that we can all share our God's blessing with each other? Mm -hmm. I think one of the ways is that in this culture of ours, and frankly, in a church and in a particular way of practicing Christianity for most of our um, lives as, a, as Americans, whether we are Episcopalians or Roman Catholics or some other branch of the Christian tree, we have a tremendous emphasis on individual spirituality. 
And while I don't think that's all bad, I think in this moment, in the in the 21st century, as we hopefully emerge from this pandemic, I think the more that we can understand ourselves as being part of a community who is called to bless others, the more that we can live into this aspect of this particular way of love, which is to say that for me and for you and for all of us to think of ourselves as doing this tremendous work of blessing others, blessing each other, because we are connected to each other. So it's less about you going into the grocery store and feeling like you're going to be a blessing to the grocery store clerk and more about you going into the grocery store and knowing that you and the grocery store clerk are already connected. And that because of your practice at St. Mary's Church in Falmouth or wherever it, it is our, our community of faith is, that being part of that community already equips us to bless others. So I think uh, the more that we can understand ourselves as being part of a community whose maybe primary job is to bless others is one way in which we can be an ongoing and a daily blessing. This next question speaks to that individual piece, I believe, and could be countered by what you just said about being in community. But what would you say to those who counter, I'm not enough, I don't have anything special to give or to bless others? What would you say to those folks? Oh, thank you for this question, because I think it's really, it's so true uh, that this spiritual hunger that we hear about and experience is really, really deep. And our call to try to fill that hunger and to address this need is really big. So what I would say to the person who says, I'm not enough, I would speak about this image in 2 Corinthians in which St. Paul speaks about us being a new creation and emphasizes that the, the old is past and to ask, you know, to say to us, behold, to see with our eyes, to feel with our heart, to hear with our ears that a new thing has come. Uh, that that message of being new and being a new creation is one of the best antidotes I know to combat this message that I think all of us have at times that tell us that we are not enough, whether it's someone else saying that to ourselves or whether we are saying that to ourselves, that we are a new creation and that in Christ, everything is made new and that the old is past. I think the other piece of this is when we say to ourselves that I don't have anything special to give, we sell short God's truth that dwells in us. In St. John's gospel, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, consecrate us, O Lord, in truth, for your word is truth. And what he's really saying there, I think, is that there is truth in each of us. <laughs> And so you have a special thing to give. I have a special thing to give because God dwells in us. And whenever we get this message or give the message that we don't have anything special to give, we're cutting short the 
tremendous truth and the tremendous delight that God has because God dwells in each and every one of us. One of the definitions we talked about at the beginning of our discussion today was this definition of bless as practicing generosity and compassion, proclaiming the good news of God in Christ with hopeful words and selfless actions. Would you be able to share with us how the Diocese of Maine gives and serves others through hopeful words and selfless actions? Well, I think uh, part of what we do, um, I sometimes, not in an arrogant way, but I really do brag in a joyous way about the fact that we have four Jubilee centers. We have these four particular places, one in Augusta, one in Biddeford, one in Portland, and one in Lewiston, in which our church buildings are used specifically to meet the needs of local communities. But every single one of our churches, whether they are a designated Jubilee Center or not, is doing this. Every single faith community in the Diocese of Maine is doing something in their local community to serve others, which in sort of religious language, we might translate to blessing others. So that's one thing. But I also think that throughout Maine, we also give a great deal of energy, time, resources, and people to support the whole Episcopal Church. So when we think about the other 111 dioceses, there are ways in which we are deeply connected to them. So driving around the country and being able to see a sign that reads, the Episcopal Church welcomes you. The Diocese of Maine is part of that church in Mentor, Ohio, and in Park City, Utah. And finally, I would say something about our great commitment to Episcopal relief and development, this agency of our church that responds immediately to natural disasters, to other moments in the life of uh, the world in which we bring the resources of people, the resources of prayer, and the resources of of money to bear whenever there is a crisis. That is a way in which the people of Maine are serving and blessing others day in and day out. In our discussions about the way of love and these different practices of the way of love, so much of this is really centering us on faith. It's bringing us into this Jesus-centered life. And as we've talked through turn and learn, pray and worship, and now we're talking about bless as practices for this Jesus-centered life. Thinking about bless and blessing others, how does blessing others through sharing our resources, our faith, and our stories, how does that become part of our daily life? I think the way in which it becomes part of our daily life is to be mindful. There are so many spiritual practices that churches and faith communities help us develop. And I think to practice a mindful um, state, which is that it's certainly not easy in a world that demands a lot of attention and uh, is full of distractions, actually. But I think a way for us to really live into this is to be clear that there are opportunities for us to 
to have daily spiritual practices that put our mind and heart together so that we can, in fact, be that person who is helping another person feel God's presence to experience God's affirmation and delight. So I think a mindful stance is one way. And then I think another very practical way that I try to do when I think about specific ways in which God might be calling me to bless others, I think about the tremendous gift it is to actually listen to another person. This is something that is sometimes hard for me because I'm an extrovert and I love to talk and I love to make connections. And if there's one challenge that I would offer myself, it is to try to listen more. I think that the times, other times that I have felt particularly blessed, it's when I have encountered someone who has really listened to me. And so I think that's another invitation for us to think about is how can we be listeners that are um, mindful and therefore sharing God's blessing? That also addresses what we talked about earlier when if someone says, I'm not enough, I don't have enough. Mm-hmm. Being truly listened to is such a blessing. And that is something that we could all offer each other. Absolutely. How can we listen more? And and to sort of put that in concrete terms, I think about uh, the way in which so many of us experience division in, in our country and in our world, but particularly at this national moment in which our political ideologies seem to have really cause this fissure um, between communities, between neighbors, between family members. And something that I think is a tremendous need is for us to listen to others who differ from us, or in the case of this spirit that isn't so positive right now in our nation and our civil discourse is to really seek to listen and to understand others. I think that's a tremendous blessing. So Bishop Brown, thank you again for joining us today. Next time, we will be talking about the next practice in the way of love, which is to go, defined as crossing boundaries, listening deeply, see, this is the preview, and living like Jesus. So next time, we will talk about that. And until next time, thank you again, Bishop, and thanks everyone for listening. I can't wait to be with you. So go and be blessed to be a blessing. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. If you like this podcast, please leave a review and rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That helps us spread God's word even further. Thank you.